Welcome to season two of Sorting Pen, the California Cattlemen's podcast. Every day, the California Cattlemen's Association is sorting through the issues impacting California's ranching families and producers. To communicate those issues, discuss solutions, and keep ranchers current on the hot topics, CCA leadership developed this podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sorting Pin. Thanks for joining us. We are just at our mid-year meeting in Rancho Murrieta this week, just wrapped up our general session. And this year we were excited to have someone that usually comes to our convention, but doesn't always make it out to our mid-year meetings. And that is Cattle Facts' Dwayne Lenz. Dwayne spoke with us. He gave the Cattle Facts Outlook and talked to us about accessing information and reports to help us make better informed decisions for marketing our own cattle. Dwayne was willing enough, actually, to join me today after um, he just finished speaking. And now he's going to join us on the podcast a little bit to chat. So thanks for sitting down with me, Dwayne. You bet. Uh, Thanks for having me, Katie. It's been a good meeting so far. Yeah, it was great to um, have you. For those of you that don't know, you may have heard Dwayne is retiring or Cattlefax is kicking him out, one of the two. <laughs> it's mutual decision. <laughs> no, Dwayne is retiring. I think I've heard that you're going to do a little traveling. Yeah, do a little traveling, do a little, you know, serve on some local boards, probably stay involved somehow in the industry. Awesome. Never gets out of your blood completely. Yeah, I don't think after what, 33 years? Oh, geez. Yeah, 33 since 89. So since 89, you've been doing this. So today, mostly more than just talking about what's going on in the market and the outlook, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about your career. Um, how did you get into working for Cattle Facts? You know, it's kind of it, it is an interesting story. I was, I went to school at Colorado State. I went as a land buyer for a packer, got moved to South Dakota. Uh, some of the people I graduated went, went to work for Cattle Facts. They learned that I was in the sheep industry doing this and that. They Actually, Topper Thorpe brought me in and said, uh, we're thinking about doing a lamb fax. Cattle fax has been successful. How about doing a lamb fax? And I said, folks, this the lamb industry is tough. Numbers are declining. I'm, I'm not sure that we can make money doing this. We parted with separate ways. And next week, Topper called, and he said, um, we just had two analysts resign. He said, I know you want to get back to Colorado. That's where it's from. He said, load up, come back to Colorado, and we'll give you a job as an analyst as, on the cattle side. Been there ever since. That's how it happened. Yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> so now you're senior analyst at yeah. Califax. Yeah, I've been general manager for, for several years and just decided as I ease towards retirement, it's time to hand that off and help my replacement learn how that job goes, get him gunned up, and um, I would just kind of fade into the sunset. Not too far, though. No, a <laughs> dusk. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked, I was talking with you a little bit earlier about your replacement, and you said some Californians might be a little familiar with him. Who is um, going to be yeah, coming out yeah, for the, meetings Yeah, the person now? covering California now on the Cal-Calf side is, is Patrick Linnell. Patrick's um, been with Califax now for three or four years. He's, in, he's a Southern Oregon ranch kid. Got his master's at Colorado State. He's doing a lot of different things for us. Uh, he's very, very good. He's excited about it. He keeps saying, when can I come out to do California Cattlemen? I said, you're about to have your chance, big boy. But he's he's going to do a really great job for the producers in California. He's already covering their markets for him. We'll be excited to have him in December, most likely. But I know we wanted to hold on to you as long as possible. <laughs> and I don't know if he's ready for us yet. <laughs> <laughs> Baptism by fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in your time at Cattlefax, 33 years, I'm sure you've seen a few changes, probably a few unexpected things. I could probably name a few in the last 
couple of years that you didn't expect. But what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in your career? Yeah, it's it's like everything else, technology. You know, I started Califax 89. We had, you know, this huge computer sitting in a room that, you know, was bigger than the space capsule. You know, when you try to punch things in, we used to cut wires because we didn't have internet access. Cell phones, of course, not there. So how we collect data, how we disseminate data has changed a lot, how we store it. And we're, we're probably only through, I would tell you, it's not anywhere to complete to where it's going to look like next five or ten years. There's so many advances in that field and so many things that, uh, you know, we have part of our staff, that's all they try to do is upgrade their database so it's, it's in the cloud, it's doing this, it's how you use it for your members, what you do with it. It's just completely different. The way we communicate with, with members is different. Texting. You know, a lot of my feed yards, uh, instead of calling, they just text what's going on. You know, it's a little hard to keep up with, but it's a way of doing it. Uh, I still prefer talking to my members on the phone, old school, just because I, I know them well enough, and, and they say they know me well enough after all these years that you can hear in their voice what, what's going on. Yeah, it's hard to read that through a text message. Yeah, so you say, come on, you, you sound, a little, sound a little different. What are you thinking? And they'll say, I, I think I might sell cattle lower. Where it's text, they text, oh, we're going to be steady or higher. You know, we got them right where we want them, you know, and you say, nah, I don't know. So how, how that's changing, maybe not for the better. We send out texts to all of our members when trade starts, for instance, that, that belong to that part of the service. Before, you just had to get on the phone and call them and collect data that way. They send us data electronically. So how we collect it is different. So we're still providing the same kind of information for the most part. But how it comes in and goes out is completely different. Yeah, are you collecting more information? Like how much yeah. more information are you collecting now than even say 10 years ago? Yeah, it's just, just vastly different. And, and we're, we're, uh, we've started a service called First Look for feed yards and that's just kind of in infancy, but that's even gonna op open up more and more data. We can attach our database to their database uh, in the feedlot if they give us permission and just start pulling the data. We can say, hey, we want this, this, and this. So. In the past, we've had a, a, a gal or two sitting calling up feedlots, for instance, what are you placing and everything, and we can, just, we can just go straight to their database and collect it. So we have the opportunity to collect more and more data that way all the time. It's seamless, and it just gets dumped into our database, not individually, but aggregate, and you just have a lot more data points to work with in. How has Califax grown in the last half the time you've been there? Yeah, you know, we've grown. Um, membership has grown somewhat. It, it's really been fairly flat over the years. Uh, we've been able to grow different parts of our business. Uh, we have a consulting service that we do for a lot of the yards that um, is risk management oriented. Uh, that is something that you, you asked about what's different. There's more and more of an emphasis on risk management for the stalker side and feedlot side especially. People want to know what's our thoughts about hedging cattle. We're not a broker. Yeah. Never will be. But, hey, you know, I've got this pin of cattle coming out in December. What level and what kind of a option or future strategy should I look at locking them up to either hold things together or make some money? So we're doing a lot more of that work, which is real time intensive. But the numbers haven't changed. You know, our, our biggest customer set is and always has been cow-calf producers. We have more of them than the other. It's not changing a lot, but what we do and the services we offer, and you know, back in the day, we never advertised in our stuff we put out. And 
we've done that. It's been accepted by our members, but you do that, then you don't have to raise membership fees. Nobody likes doing that. We haven't had to raise our, our fees for our um, producers. I think, geez, last 20 years, maybe we've raised them twice, but we just found different ways to fund it that way. What's been your favorite part about working with Cattle Facts and what's kept you there so long? Producers. I love producers, love my feedlot guys. I haven't covered cow-calf stalkers for, for a few years, but for instance, when I covered the West cow-calf producers, you get to know these people so well. I know their wives. I know their dogs. I know what they're doing, what they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> you really know them. Yeah, you know, maybe a little too much and vice versa. So, you know, it's, it's almost family. They're almost family. And uh, they treated me really well, obviously. And, you know, you call up and you, you exchange a lot of information and they trust me. I trust them to be as honest back and forth as we can. But we also have a, a good time visiting about what you do over the weekend and exchanging smoking recipes. And you just, you know, you just, just kind of folks, it's just a lot of fun. So that's the part I've always enjoyed and uh, I will miss the most of. That's probably the part, like you said, that's kept you there so long and probably, I don't know, did 33 years go fast? It went by fast. Yeah, it's, it's been a blur. Randy Block and Topper, when they hired me, said, and it's, it's something else that we've changed at Cattlefax is that people those days were coming in for a year or two and then leaving. We train them, and then they go on. And, and Randy and Topper made the decision that we're going to treat people that we hire as a long-term employee. We're going to pay them right. We're going to give them benefits. And it's work. So, you know, I was hired, and they said, you'll probably be here for a year or two, and then you'll go find some place in the industry. A good stepping stone. Yeah, exactly. And it um, didn't turn out that way. <laughs> 33 years later, but it happened fast. Well, we're glad it didn't. I was talking with you this morning a little bit about when is the first time you think you came out to a California Cattlemen's event? You thought, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago? 2025. I'm trying to think of the first time I did, but been to conventions in Reno, now Sacramento. A couple times Sacramento, actually, back through the years. Been a lot of them. I always used to be at the Squagas, of course, the Nugget. Always well, been a lot of years. We have a breakfast now then that... Something I've been happy with, and we talked about that this morning, is the Califax breakfast. And I was telling, telling Katie that probably the first year we did that, I came out, we might have had 20 people in the room. And it's grown to be a, a large gathering now, and that's been good to see. So been a long time back to the John Brawley days. Those of you who are listening that have been with California Calumon a long time will remember John Brawley, but that that's, was the era. Yeah, that breakfast that we have every year at convention, if you haven't been to convention on Friday... Recent, in recent years, it's been on Friday. We have the Cattle Facts breakfast, and the outlook is during that. It's one of our busiest meetings of all of convention, even though it's the last day. People stick around for it. People are taking pictures of it, um, of your slides, just like they were today. So it will be a different feeling without you there. But yeah, we're excited to have Patrick yeah. um, hopefully join us in December, too. Fresh blood is always good. Uh, well, Dwayne, congratulations just on a great career. Thank you. And we're excited for you and your wife. Yep. getting to travel and do some things probably outside of working for Cattle Facts. Just talking a little bit about your presentation today, what kind of stands out as big things to talk about is one of them being inflation is something I think on the top of everyone's minds. Are we seeing inflation starting to hurt a little bit as far as people buying beef? It is. It, it's starting to eat and it's hard to measure. But I would tell you what we, we had a kind of a muted beef rally in the spring. Spring always is real good for beef because you're grilling. Yeah. Um, starts with Mother's Day, goes to Memorial Day, Father's Day, 4th of July. And 
typically what drives that rally is, is middle meats, choice grilling items such as New York strips, ribeyes, tenderloins. And while those, those did okay this year, they didn't have near the price increases we've seen in, in recent years. So starting to tell us that people are starting to trade down a little bit. Certainly they still want a steak and if it's on feature. Our uh, Kroger store in Denver last weekend had um, bone-in ribeyes at 577. I took a picture. The case was completely cleaned out on Saturday morning. I mean, there was not one to be had. So people still want it, but they're going to start uh, by doing more features. Everyday tenderloins at $15 a pound, your local grocery store is probably not going to move too well. We're starting to see a little bit of it. Uh, we think people trade down to other proteins or lower price. Hamburgers are going to sell well. You know, that's something people can do a lot of, but that tenderloin might be harder to move all the time. As we get closer to the holiday season, I'm assuming the holidays, more of your roasts and your higher-end cuts are more popular that time of year. Would that be a concern? Higher-end cuts, yes. Of course, not some, well, prime rib roast for the holidays, yes. It will be a concern. It's, it's something, though, a little bit, just reminded me, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. We've seen chucks and rounds roast items sell pretty good is because hamburgers so much in demand that they're taking those roasts and grinding them into hamburgers. And that's actually supporting the bottom end of the cutout a little bit. So it's, it's a trade down, but it's also helping some of the other cuts. Other than that, um, from your outlook that you just gave, something I think you touched on a few times was consumers are over select. We're not, they're not wanting to eat select beef anymore. They're wanting good genetics and good beef on their plate. What did you talk about kind of what were your points on that? You know, they want a consistent, high-quality product, and uh, they're willing to pay the price for it, even in rough times. When we went through the recession in 2008, 2009, beef prices really never dropped. Everything else in the world dropped, but beef prices didn't. And people, especially if they have folks over, I want to do something on the grill, treat friends, family. Yeah. They want it to be an enjoyable experience, and they're willing to pay for that. If you, know, you get these cattle, they're going to great standard or select packers, in some cases don't even want to kill them anymore. They said, hey, we can't merchandise the product, take them to cow killer, do this. So uh, we're going, we are getting rewarded for the higher end product, and that's not going to go away. There's big price spreads between select and choice, select and prime, choice and prime. So we can produce that. It's one way of, of weathering downturns in the market and uh, maximizing profits when times are good. Yeah, when times are good. Yeah, if times win. Remember those? If and when. <laughs> Remember those. <laughs> so for a lot of our listeners, they are most likely cow-calf producers. What are the forecasts for them in the next months, years to come? Yeah, we think that we're getting so tight. We, we've gotten rid of so many cows because of drought. We've liquidated those cows. that Numbers are going to go from record large to historically small as we've seen back to 2013, 2014, and, and then, then back to that through 50, 60 years. So as these numbers tighten up, demand for beef stays good, and we think it will even with a tougher economy. Uh, there's a lot of upside to these calves uh, over the next three or four years till we can rebu rebuild the herd. And as, as you all know, listening out there, it just takes so long to, number one, develop that heifer, get her bred, the calf on the ground, get it through the feedlot, get it into a retail shelf that, you know, we're going to have a three or four year period, in our opinion. Prices are going to probably set new all-time highs. You showed how drastically cow herd numbers have dropped since the 70s. What was that again? 
Uh, yeah, cal, cal, total cal numbers have dropped. In the mid-70s, total cal inventory was 135 million head. You know, we're closer to 95, 98 million right now. A lot of the smaller producers through the years, it's kind of a genera- generational shift to where a lot of the smaller producers that may have had 10 or 20 as a hobby, they grew up on uh, ag family places that wanted a few cows around. They've gone doing things like timber now, other things, the new generation, uh, which I am one of. Was, there's generation two behind me as well. You know, they just gotten lazy. <laughs> it's not, you know, or we'll, we'll do something. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, coming out that cow in January in Colorado, you know, and, and making your $50 bill. You just say, how much of, of this excitement do I really need? So, you know, the bigger operations are staying in place, but we're losing a lot of the smaller operations uh, just finding something else to do and not wanting to wanting to hassle. Was there anything huge that I missed that you think would be top of mind for people listening that they now, want to hear? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people wondering about high grain prices sure. because of the situation. There, there is a lot of corn in the U.S. Worldwide, there's still a lot of corn, but it is being curtailed. Uh, South America's have challenges with their cost. But, you know, when cost of grain goes up, feeder cattle and calf prices have uh, they can't they can't get as high as they would be otherwise because feedlots have to scale back to use more of the selling dollars for corn. That's a limiting factor right now. We we think that um, as soon as Ukraine gets back open, the size of crop we're going to have that'll settle back down. But for this year, that is a limiting factor. Then hopefully next year kind of eases a little bit more, and that allows the cap price to take the next jump. But that's in a lot of people's mind is what how's grain going to affect us. If you want to hear more of this type of conversation, I would encourage you to come to convention um, and hear the Cattle Facts Outlook. But until then, where can people go to learn more about Cattle Facts if they don't know about it? www.cattlefacts.com. Easy enough. Easy enough. It's, um, we, we, uh, a lot of you are members, and we appreciate that. Um, California's been one of our strongest areas regionally. I think people feel a little bit isolated here. So it's a good way to find out what's going on through the rest of the country. But um, there's always room for more. So www.califax.com. Come and take a look. Perfect. Take a look there. Join us at convention. I just want to thank you, Dwayne, for all the times you made it out west and just being so good to Californians. Oh, thank you. They've been they've been good to me. It's been it's been a two way street. I've I've received a lot more and better than I've given. That's how I view it. So thanks. The California cattlemen always been real supportive to me in Califax for 50 years. So we appreciate it. We'll look forward to the next 50. There you go. (laughs) Thanks, Dwayne. Thank you, Now we can go have a cocktail. Appreciate it. It's time for a glass of wine. (laughs) 